Hi everybody, welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir. And this is the penultimate episode of Riverdale. Yeah. And I and I use ultimate in it very <laughs> loosely. Ultimate <laughs> being the last. Yeah, uh. so things things <laughs> happened in this episode, but like like here's the thing. Lots of stuff happened. Well, well, I, no. I, I would say a big thing happened, yeah. but not much. Act- it was a, a lot of lead up to the big thing. That's true. And a lot of like mood setting scenes. Which is weird. Like I, I said this in the middle of the episode. I'm like, this season should have been six episodes. They, You know, if they hadn't done the whole Grundy subplot, this season definitely would have been six episodes. Yeah, if, if this was just a tight six episode season, like all the stuff that happened in this episode could have been sprinkled out through other ones. Yeah, yeah. You know what, if you had only two plots this season, Jason Blossom was murdered, Archie loves music, you still could have done six episodes. <laughs> uh, guys, I made a goof last week that I thought was pretty funny, but it turns out it was true. Oh no, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hear more about that goof. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna as, get there, because not a goof, guys. As time goes on, that goof will become real. <laughs> oh god. Oh why? boy. <laughs> I'm so bad. I should never make jokes because it turns out I control the universe Apparently. with my jokes. Oh, if only things could have been so much better. All right, <sighs> let's let's oh, let's do this. All oh, right, because it's it is it is episode twelve, Anatomy of a Murder. All right. So, previously on MOA, Molly Ringwald Andrews tried her darndest to wreck things, but did not succeed. Hermione overused the word we, which really, really filled Kevin with rage. I decided that I refused to learn how to pronounce Veronica's father's name, and we'll just call him Veronica's father from here on out until he appears next season, and then I might actually have to call him by name. <laughs> <laughs> and we had... Our uh, 11th, 11 out of 11, party's homecoming. And maybe it was winter in Riverdale? It's maybe winter in this one as well. It's definitely winter in it's this one. It's definitely winter in this one. There was snow. It, it is a slushy beginning of winter, but... Which, I mean, hey, New England audience. Accurate? I know it's accurate in Vancouver. <laughs> it is accurate in Vancouver. <laughs> I know that is correct for Vancouver weather. And you know what? That little bit of snow that they have... Would have shut this city down. (laughs) Stop everything. Oh my god, no one can drive. The buses can't make it up the hill. Cancel high school. (laughs) It might snow later today. Cancel the city. Guys, you think I'm goofing? It's real. It's real. I definitely, definitely had school canceled one day because they thought it might snow later. Now tell me, Aaron, now that you did that recap, much like Riverdale does their recaps, Mm -hmm. can you now give me a recap that's even quicker said by someone like Robo Archie. Because this episode <laughs> begins with the with the flashback recap and then Archie going like FB FB's the gun that was found at FB's house wasn't there when we looked for it. Which, but it's there now, which means someone is uh is someone's framing, framing him. FP. Literally a wrap up of what was just said. <laughs> We're like, oh cool, that took like ten seconds. The the starting thing was like a minute. We we didn't need those scenes. <laughs> we just need Robo Archie. In case we forgot exactly where we left off last week, he'll tell us. I will say this is the one time where we don't have to worry about the timeline, because this picks up from right where we left off. And it takes place over a day. Yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah, a no, day. two days. Mm, no, one day. No, one day. One day. Because I think... They, it's I think, like, uh, we mean like a 24-hour period. Late at night on Friday? Maybe. Too late at night on Saturday. Possibly. Who knows? <laughs> but the uh, the kids... No, not, not Friday and Saturday because there's a school day in there. Oh, they do. Oh, no, they do go to school. Mm, oh, boy. Is homecoming Thursday? a Thursday? Because <laughs> they go to school the next day. Maybe homecoming was on a Thursday. Unless there was a full weekend where they just we just skipped over. Because everyone was just moping and being melancholy and full of malaise. I mean, how long was Jughead missing for? They I, found him pretty I, quickly. I thought just like a few hours. Yeah, I thought like, so too. Okay, so we start off in the Red Pops. And it's Veronica, Betty, and Archie. And they're still all looking spiffy from homecoming. And I realized I recently got my hair cut. And I have definitely been styling it every day exactly like Betty's hair in this episode. I did not know what my inspiration was. 
Turns out it was a 15-year-old fictional character. <laughs> well, I mean, the actress is older. That's true. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, but they, they essentially recap what happened last time, talking about how the fact that, like, the gun that the police found wasn't there when we were there. And then Betty's like, maybe you guys are just idiots. Yeah, people bring up points like, maybe you missed it. And then they're like, it's a trailer. Yeah. We looked the four places in that trailer. <laughs> the four places could be bathroom, kitchen, closet, living room. That's all there is. And, I mean, once again, when the police found it, they literally... Pulled, opened the closet. Opened the closet, looked over the linens that were there, and went, huh, box. And turns out they did actually show Veronica looking in the closet. Yes. We just didn't track it because. Now, to be fair, that works for us as the audience. Yes. People in the show, it makes sense that they could be like, maybe you're just dumb. Exactly. And then they're <laughs> like, have you been to a trailer before? Not dumb. <laughs> so um, the kids decide that they're going to do, for once, the logical thing. And go tell their parents. Yeah, and all the parents meet at the Andrews house. And we, where we continue to learn that Alice Cooper, the lame one, is just continues to be lame and inconsistent as wow. Very consistent. Um, both Andrews' parents and Hermione are like, you guys are children. Do children things. Stop being detectives. Well, my favorite thing is, is like... We don't hear them say it, but presumably they explain the thing that Archie just explained earlier. Yes. And Ms. Cooper goes, well, this proves that F.B. is a murderer. And then Betty goes, you told them to go there. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? And Alice is like, oh. ah. Alice's reaction is like she forgot she did it. It's true. She just crazed it out once and then totally forgot that that was her motivation. Yeah. yeah she's like, oh. Oh, oh, right. I forgot I did that. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Because she does sorry. mention, like, you broke into his trailer. Like, you told them to do it. Yeah. Maybe you planted the gun. No, you told them to do it. Yeah. Um, and Luke Perry Andrews points out that they broke into FP's trailer. So everything they have to say. Okay, Molly Ringwald Andrews says it's inadmissible in a court of law. Not true. But, I mean, he makes a good point that teenagers who break into a trailer are not really the most reliable of witnesses. And maybe they should just, like, yeah. let the grown-ups do the grown-up But I will say it's not inadmissible in no. court because they are not police officers. Exactly. Um, it's, I will say, however, that they didn't, that, like, oh, this is where, this is where gray area is. And if we have any lawyers listening, I'm... Real lawyers, those. not Molly Ringwald Andrews lawyers. Yeah. Because they definitely trespassed... But they didn't break and enter because he used a key. And Archie knew where the key was, yeah, which I, means he had been told. Well, this is the same place as childhood. Yeah, I assume Archie's been to that place before. But, like, FP should know well that Archie knows where his hidden key is. Yeah. And when you make someone aware of where a key to your home is, is that an implicit invitation? That's, this This is where, like, a lawyer could argue one way or the other. That's true. Because, because, because like, he didn't break anything to get no. in. He, and... Well, he wasn't there without, per, with he wasn't there with permission. But like by the same token, but he's also fifteen. Maybe he was going he, like he like he's a kid. Yeah, he was like, oh, I'm going to wait for my friend in my friend's house. I mean, he he's also not. I'm going to also I'm going to search around. But like, so my roommate's ex boyfriend has a key, which we gave him, and that was explicit permission for him to be able to come into the house because he yeah. has a key. But if he uses the key now, well, I think that's why a lot of people, lot of people change the locks. Ah. Uh, I already changed my locks once. I mean, if you don't think it's going to be a problem, don't do it. But I don't think maybe... it's going to be a problem because he lives in Ontario. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, roommate. You're going to listen to this eventually. I'm sorry I brought this up. <laughs> All right. But, okay. yeah, that's where, like... Yeah. That's, that that, that gets used with a lot of You know what? It's, like... it's a reasonable argument because this is yeah. a complicated situation. So good for you parents, like, reining in your kids' impulsiveness. And also, also once again, like, it is really, literally just their word versus... FP's. Kel Keller's. Keller's word. And since Keller is the only police officer, they're not going to win. <laughs> Which this scene focuses so much on Keller. And he is the worst cop. He's the worst. How is he sheriff? <laughs> like, he continues to, to do things that are... That I am surprised he is not corrupt. Yeah, like, he makes unethical, unethical, un unethical, unethical, and dumb. Yeah, calls. the choices he makes are terrible. 
<laughs> and we will get into that. Yeah, we sure will, because they happen this episode. But we we get a little while to trying to find Jughead. The and... parents take their kids home, and then the kids are like, screw you guys, we're going to go detect some more. Yeah, and Jughead wants to go see his mom in Toledo. But his mom doesn't want him. Yeah, I don't know what she says to him, but he, he says, I have a ticket. And she says something that makes him go, forget I say it, said anything. And presumably... It is like midnight or yeah. one. Like it is. And I'm sorry. When your teenage son calls you from a, a payphone. A payphone in 2017. And like that should pop up. At least not as a payphone. as like an unfamiliar number on your call display, which everyone has. Yeah, he found a payphone, which is when, incredible. When your 15-year-old son calls you at midnight and says, hey, I bought a ticket. I'm going to come see you. I think that'd be really fun. You immediately go, oh, dear God, something is really, really wrong. Yes, my child, please come to where I am so I can take care of you because I am a parent who loves you. I'm really hoping that what on the other end was her being like, I'm not in Toledo. Yeah, I hope so. She's like, like, I'm out of town. Like, unfortunately, we don't get the other side and his re- his responses are vague enough that we don't know. And I just, I hope she's so, not a terrible so, person. So, yeah, so either she's a terrible person and FP is the good parent. Which is a problem. <laughs> well. Or she's in... It's it's a gray area. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, or she's just not in Toledo, which I means presumably they're just out of town. Presumably, she'll appear in the next episode. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, I uh, would hope so. Nice. But I, so he just he's like, I'll just get another ticket, and then he goes to the only place that anyone ever is the bus. Oh, then he goes to Pop Tates. He goes to Pop Tates. Yeah. Because they call Veronica, and Veronica's like, oh, you're looking for him. He's not at the bus station. What is the only place in town that's open 24 hours? Yeah, Victoria. Victoria. Veronica's very upset they did not in- invite, <laughs> invite him on a manhunt. Yeah. Veronica's like, I love manhunts. <laughs> so they show up. Veronica is super dressed up to go to Pop Tate's. Well, you know, she well, she's on a manhunt. Right. She's wearing her manhunt outfit. <laughs> yes. Which is a lot different from the Blossoms manhunt outfit, because they hunt man, so and they're she wearing finds people. <laughs> um, so Jughead mopes a whole bunch and they're like, no, no, framing, framing. And he's like, brr, brr, brr. He gets, he gets very excited when, when like the possibility comes up that it could have been a framing. He's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so he goes to go see his dad because that's like the logical step. And also maybe his dad should have called him from, uh, jail, but we'll find out about that. I mean, well... Like, I mean, don't the, you have to notify thing, your minor well, children that you're the only parent of? Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, we actually don't, we actually don't go, Jughead doesn't see him yet. He doesn't see him for a while. Because oh, that's how we see his this, confession. This goes yeah. right to um, FP is talking to Keller. That's what it and is. And FP gives us the best description of what was going on. Yes. So most of the description, and that's why I didn't, so I was writing down, I don't believe him. And then he lied about. Well, let's let's let, okay. well, let's let's explain the plot of Riverdale because it's finally been explained to us. Okay, so Jason wants to run away with his pregnant girlfriend. Yes, he goes to FP. He says, "Hey, I know you're a serpent. I need all of this stuff so I can run away. Yeah, I need some money. I need a getaway car. I need cover. Like, help me." And in exchange, he will run drugs. Exactly. So FP puts a bunch of. Drugs? Did he say pod? It, so for the reason in my mind, I think he said pod, but uh, I don't he, think drugs. he's running pod. I think, just, I think just drugs. So he puts drugs in the getaway car. Yes. Um, Jason and Cheryl go to the river. He fakes his own death. He gets, and, and then and then and F- then he realizes that he's Jason Blossom because nobody in this small town knows, knows each, each other. other. Even though the Blossoms are the main the main money making family. Because they are apparently syrup barons, which everyone knows. Because that's a thing. And also, his son goes to school with Jason. Jason has red hair and, and is wearing, wearing a jacket with his name Jason on it. <laughs> and it wasn't until he was gone that FB was like, Wait oh a man, he's a Jason Blossom. So he puts together a plan in his head that he's going to kidnap Jason. Yes. And hold him for ransom. And then he says... That Jason tried to escape. Then he says seven days later, Jason yes. tried to escape. So already the story, well being very no, well described. I can see that. Like, But during those seven days, he did not at the, ask the Blossoms for ransom. That's the unbelievable part. He should have been. Well, I think he did. No, he didn't. I think he did. Okay, but. And, and then the Blossoms did their own thing. So you think that's where. See, I don't think. You don't think he did it? No, I think the other one did. 
uh, the one we will learn about is Mustang. Yeah, I think Mustang was you the think, one. Who, I mean, Mustang could have done all of it. He could have yeah. who kidnapped him and all that. Yeah, I think Mustang's the one who kidnapped him. I think FP only found out about Jason after Jason had been shot and he found him in the basement. That's possible. I think that's where the lie started. All right. Well, well, well what FP says is that he that Jason tried to escape seven days yep. later. And he made a mistake. Yep. Accidentally shot him. Yep. Um, covered it up, threw him in a freezer, and then eventually threw him in the one place they'd already looked. The lake. The lake. Because Jerry already uses grappling hooks. Jerry already dredged it. Already dredged with his grappling hook. Now, this is where things get interesting in his story. Because up until this point, me and Aaron were like, it, this is too convenient. Yeah, it's way too convenient. And the <laughs> this, fact that he's saying it. That he's within, explained the plot this, really well. Yeah, this is within the first ten. I don't even think the main titles have started yeah, yet. Yeah, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't seem right. And then Sergeant Keller says, oh, and then you thought I was getting too close. And so, you broke into my house. And FP's like, Yes. And we're like, um... I like it. He's like, sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, I did that as yeah, well. super. I but, also shot JFK. But we I, knew. I faked the moon landing. Whatever you want to put on what do you, me, What do you want? It. I'll do, I've it. done it. I, I went back in time and I shot Abraham Lincoln. Come at me. Whatever you want. <laughs> of course, we know that Hal is the one who stole the beautiful mind wall. Which, once again, I realized in the, this episode is allowing you realizing threads that had not been picked up on. That was never described, explained before that. No. That happened in like the third episode. I know. And finally, like midway through this episode, Kevin was like, oh, Hal's finally going to explain why he did this. This episode is the explaining thing. Okay. So. But. <laughs> credits. But, so he admits. To and, the murder. Yep. And then and they all come in. And Keller's like, well, then why did he admit that he did it? And I'm like, I guess you could tell that. You've already been telling oh, everyone yeah. he's guilty anyways. Yeah. Because they all come, they're like, oh, we need to talk to our dad. We we have, like, future evidence. And Sergeant Keller's like, oh, he admitted that he murdered, so. <laughs> and you're like, I'll tell his son that he admitted to murder. I feel like that right there is a mistrial. <laughs> like, right there, he's never going to get convicted because Sergeant, no, Sheriff Keller immediately told everyone. I mean, that's, I mean, to he did confess, but like this, a whole legal system. Yeah. And like. And isn't there like police, uh, person who's been arrested confidentiality? Like, I don't think, patient, I, client. I don't think there necessarily is. I don't know. I think, once again, it's a weird gray area that Keller's being like, yeah, I'm going to do all this stuff. Great. Credits. Uh, <laughs> credits. <laughs> then there's a creepy scene at the Blossom House. They're having square waffles, which means they're monsters. Mm-hmm. And it seems like... <sighs> they're so happy. They're like, oh my god, the murderer's been found. And Polly's like, What? So it's like she was going to say, so it's not you? <laughs> like she was, Yeah, I was like, what has she figured out that she, we haven't? She was about to straight up say, hold on, you didn't murder him? Crazy. She I thought herself. you did. But then we find out that Sheriff Keller let Clifford Blossom go into the interrogation room alone and, sta- alone and stare at him. And stare FP in the eye. Straight in the eye. What? <laughs> why is he such a bad what? cop? Yeah, why do you let the father of the guy... <laughs> That's not how any of this alone works. ...alone in an interrogation room with the, <laughs> with with the, the killer. killer. And I have to assume, because of things we learn later, at that point, he had not yet confessed. We'll explain that, Aaron. Yeah, you guys... Mo- Mo- this... this episode you, you guys, is so much about when things are being yeah. revealed. You guys will understand that, but they let him into this room alone. <laughs> okay, so then chaotic... Oh, then we go to school, which is why yeah. I don't know what this timeline is. Yeah, but but like they're all like, oh man, Jughead's not going to be here. I mean, which that makes sense. a good sense. choice. But then Jughead is there. And he goes over to Cheryl, and then Cheryl ca- chaotic neutrals all over him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she, she she starts slapping and punching. Because she's upset. Yep. And Even though it, it seems like she isn't really convinced by... No. Well, because she almost immediately says, 
we found the murderer. I should be happy. Why does it feel like this is not over? Well, it's 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 pretty it's pretty astounding that like Cheryl's chaotic nature does not allow her to accept convenient answers. <laughs> like this crazy thing that she does with her existence apparently makes her a very good like detective. Why detective? Truth? Yeah, because she's like, no, this isn't right. <laughs> <laughs> I must keep. I mean, to be fair, when she finds out the real answer, I I don't. I mean, no, she she. she I I think when she, she finds out the real answer, she's like, yes, yeah. I knew this so, all along. So maybe, so maybe just her chaoticness works very well when there's lies going on. So, um, during all of this, we find out that she doesn't believe or doesn't feel right with FP being the murderer because she talks to Betty in the bathroom. There's there there are so many scenes, so many so quick scenes no, happening all at once. No, there are so many scenes in the in this season. Where one of the female characters runs off to the bathroom, yeah. and usually Betty follows. <laughs> follows. There's the one time though where it was Veronica. Yeah. Yeah. When we when we don't know who Cheryl's connection is supposed to be. Yeah, and I still think it's Betty, but all right. I mean, it seems like it's Betty in this one. Um, and then also in the scene, Weatherby is like, "Mr. Jones, <laughs> I need to speak to you." Mr. Jones, perhaps we should talk in my office. And everyone, he, everyone is immediately upset about this. Yeah, because he's got a terrifying voice. Yeah, I, I, I am sorry about Mr. Weatherby's side. Is that he's saying just telling me like I'm just trying to make sure no one dies. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to make sure no one dies. Essentially, the outcome of that discussion, which we learn from uh, Luke Perry Andrews, yes, is that Jughead should not come to school anymore. Yeah, well, yeah, he's like maybe he should finish his semester, Mr. Weatherby. I should do the Mr. Yeah. Weatherby voice. Perhaps Mr. Jones should finish his semester at home. Because <laughs> Cheryl is such, like, a leader in the school and has so many friends. Remember Cheryl has, has no friends. That um, her violent outbursts might, I guess, there might be copycat violent outbursts and Jughead might also be murdered. I mean, I mean like... Which, like, valid. Yeah, because Jughead was already not a very, like... Popular. Like, like he, like, he, like... Reggie wanted to punch him in the face. Yeah, he's like a little antagonistic. I could imagine a maybe, maybe, you know, Chuck. Chuck? Maybe like. Be like, a, now's get, my time. Getting a little bit out of hand. Yeah. So, yeah. Mitchell Weatherby isn't wrong. He's not wrong, but it sucks. Yes. And Cheryl is the agent of chaos in this situation. <laughs> so, maybe Cheryl is the one who should be removed. But, like, he's in a tough situation. For all we know, that maybe she also will be removed. That's true. We didn't <laughs> see be that. Like, now I must find Miss Blossom. She is harder to find for she sometimes is at school and sometimes <laughs> isn't. And frankly, she scares me. <laughs> so then Luke Perry Andrews and Andrew, and Andrew Archie have a reasonably... Serious and important conversation about what's going to happen with Jughead. Yeah, this is what they're talking about. Because Jughead is not actually Luke Perry Andrews' child, and as much as Archie wants to keep him, yeah, like he's a pet. He's not a pet. He's not a pet. He's a boy, and he pro- might like legally have to go to his mother. And also, uh, <laughs> Jughead is on the listening stairs, <laughs> which no one should ever stand Cause, on because <laughs> there's been. There's been a few times where someone has stood on those stairs and overheard something they should not. That they wish they did not. Is you only to talk quieter in the house? Yeah, maybe they should have gone to have that discussion in the garage. Anywhere, the, anywhere that's not in the big middle room. Um, we also learn that uh, Molly Ringwald Andrews is a lawyer. So that's why she was spouting <laughs> off that law talk earlier. Oh yeah, you mean that throwaway line that, that Robo Archie gives us? <laughs> Thank God Mom's a lawyer. She can help. Hey, Mom's a lawyer. She can help him. Do you know Mom's a lawyer? <laughs> and Andrews is like... Why'd you say it like that? Because mom's a lawyer. You know that mom's a lawyer, right? A and normal <laughs> person would have just said, hey, maybe mom can help. No, lawyer. No, but she can help because she's a lawyer. I, but Archie, in real life, we don't have to explain to people why. But I have to. Because people understand the context of the situation. But father, in. this is a TV show. Ah, touche. <laughs> <laughs> so Jughead's going to sleep in the garage. Yes, on the, the, presumably the couch in the garage. Then, oh my god, <laughs> Alice Cooper has a gun. This, oh, wow. This sequence, okay, I'm going to start out right now and tell everybody, let everybody know, there will be cursing in this next sequence. I'll censor it all, but there is going to be there. There is going to be cursing, because what follows is what I can only describe as a train of bull****. So, 
Betty and Alice hear some noises in the in the downstairs, and they're like, "This is terrible. There are like murderers running rampant in this town. We don't believe FP did it. You're dating Jughead." Ugh. But thankfully, thankfully, not a murderer. It's Hal. Well, hang on. We have to. <laughs> we we cannot skip over the most important part. Is what Alice Cooper still possesses. A gun. Miss Grundy's gun. You have to assume. Well, yeah, because it's it's the same revolver. Yeah. So (laughs) she just kept it. She just kept the the gun that Betty stole from Miss Grundy. And Miss Grundy couldn't bring up because a legal gun. (laughs) It's a gun. We're not sure it's illegal either. She might have actually had a permit for it. And her gun was just stolen. And she was like, all right, leaving town. I might as well gotta leave town. So Hal is down recollecting his beautiful mind wall that he had stolen. Because <laughs> when, when Hal realizes, like, some, something could happen to him, yeah, he, like, he panics. Like, he does not deal with... He, he deals with stress very directed, but not well. Not well. Oh, my God. So, we find out that the reason that he stole the wall <sighs> is because he was worried that they may trace some things back to Holly, Polly. And, and everyone was like, okay, <laughs> what? And then he's like... Because of our history, no one can know. And everyone was like, okay, what? Because you mean like how how a Grandpa Blossom, or the other Blossom killed Grandpa Cooper? And then he says, well, yes. Yeah. But what you don't know is not the only Blossoms was he killed not... by a Blossom, he was a Blossom. <laughs> After he was killed, we changed our name and disassociated, disassociated ourselves from the Blossoms. Can we just... Oh, okay. What? Let's just take a moment here and let's talk about the fact that, thankfully, uh, in this scene, <laughs> Alice Cooper, of all people, and Betty play the play the audience, being like, "Hold, hold on, what, what is this bullshit? What yeah. bullshit is coming at me right now?" And like, Hal, why didn't why you did just you- say to Polly? We're blossoms. Yeah, you can't you, date him because we're related yeah, to him. You related. Instead of being like our history, he killed your great grandfather. Yeah, well, we gotta put you in an insane asylum, and then then I have to break into a cop's place and steal a wall because because of uh, because of because of bull because of bullshit because of bullshit. Or or maybe you just don't keep that a secret. Maybe you go wait a second. There are going to be blossoms in this town forever. We should make sure our family knows we're related to uh, them. All right. Now, who who is it that was killed? It was Betty's great-grandfather. Yeah. So it was his grandfather. That's not that long ago. Yeah, people should know. No one in this town knows anything about anybody else in this town. <laughs> Kevin, you're scaring the dog. <laughs> the, apparently... Luke Perry Andrews is big on Riverdale. He loves Riverdale. He still doesn't know. Yeah. So, like, how much of a secret is this? That the brother of one of the most powerful... Go on to Wikipedia! <laughs> you mean, um, Teen Sleuthster? It's because they use Teen Sleuthster! Which doesn't <laughs> talk about the Blossoms. It's just like, did you know you can solve crimes with a magnifying glass? They need Google, guys. Guys, this is crazy. Like, it's like they were looking for some sort of drama, and they just, like, put incest and a bunch of other stuff in a hat, and then they drew something out, and they're like, incest it is! This this series won't say the word abortion, but incest is a plot point. And they say incest. Oh, they do? Because they immediately are like, what are you talking... We can't let Polly be there. <laughs> so they go to there. <laughs> they go get Polly and are, and are like, hey, you know they're late, all right, <laughs> Miss Blossom. And the Blossoms are like, yes. And then Miss Blossom is like, exactly. Those babies inside Polly are the, are the most pure Blossom you can have. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah, vampires. These are old school Victorians. They are. You know what? Clipper we gotta Blossom? keep the blood clean. Clifford Blossom probably is that great grandfather yeah. that murdered. That's why his hair is white. Exactly. And by the way, by the way, he puts his wig on to go answer the door in the middle of the I mean, night. Of course he does. No one can know. Everyone knows. How does Alice Cooper know? <laughs> because because information in this town is a weird commodity. Uh, so they take Polly. They, now I no, I do want to point something out about this. Like Hal's big thing, the reason he did all of this, all this crazy, weird <laughs> stuff is because 
is because, you know, Polly is carrying Jason's baby. Yes. They are like third cousins, which is not illegal, but it's gross. Yeah, but it's like less gross than a lot of other gross things. Yeah, it is the thing that like, he did so many crazy things because it's gross. Yeah. Not illegal, probably not even going to actually cause any birth defects. Yeah. Just kind of icky. And, and people who hear will be like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. But then they'll, like... But then you'll be like, oh, no, don't worry. They didn't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's... It's ridiculous. Yeah, because it, it... Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's, it's almost as ridiculous as Mama Blossom threatening... Betty on her way out the door. She grabs Betty's wrist and she's like, you'll be sorry about this little girl. Yeah, there are two, there are two like older Coopers in the room, but threatens Betty because Betty's a main character. Yeah. Hal, like Polly and Alice have left, but Hal is still there. And also Betty didn't, I don't think said anything in this scene other than Polly, we're taking you home. Yeah. So this brings to an end. That storyline. The, this, and up comes the caboose of, of just, just bull. Just full, full so bullshit. Much. So much bullshit. Hey, Aaron. Yeah, Kevin. What are you drinking tonight? Um, tonight I am drinking Apothic Rosé, which I've seen advertised a lot, like a lot on YouTube. And uh, my, I'm going away for May Long Weekend. And dad said that he could order me a bunch of it from his liquor store that he works at. So I thought I should buy some and see if I liked it before I committed to, like, good. a case. Yeah. It's pretty good. All right. Um, it has layer. Oh, it has layers of strawberry and watermelon with a hint of raspberry. I don't think I taste any of that, but, um, you know, I like rosé. It's good. It's pretty. It has a twist-off lid. I always like that. Uh, excellent. Uh, Kevin, would you like some apothic rosé? Yeah. But it's so pink. It's Doesn't it pink. remind you of when we were in Seattle? No one will get that reference. That's a very, that's a very, <laughs> that's a deep cut to a personal relationship. Guys, everyone in Seattle drinks pink wine. Yeah. And On me patios. As a, yeah. Yes. Hawala listeners out in Seattle, uh, out there in Seattle, uh, hear that and just know that we're, we're, we're there for you. We know. We you know. like your rosé. We know. We hope you're drinking it right now. And if you are, please let us know. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Sitting out on a patio with a rosé. Listening to a podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so now we learn that Molly Ringwald Andrews is a true citizen of Riverdale because she lies to Sergeant Keller, Sheriff Keller, and says that she is FP's lawyer. So she gets to spend the entire night with him. I will also continue to say that she continues like with that by just by kind of being his lawyer. Yeah, she's his lawyer now. <laughs> yeah, as far as, as far, like, she probably might not continue being his lawyer, but as far as we're concerned, when she goes in to do that, the thing she talks about she's trying to do is be his lawyer. Yeah, she's advising him and giving him legal counsel. <laughs> yeah. And taking care of him. Which sounds to me like she's being his lawyer. Yep. Though she kind of lies, kind of just does a job. She, like, just forces herself in there. Now, to be fair, she <laughs> recounts that information to children. Yep, and then she tells Jughead... You need to go talk to your dad because this seems real serious. Which is good. Good, good advice. Good advice. Which he follows. Yeah. And then Keller lets Jughead in to see his dad alone. And his dad is sitting in a cell. They, yeah. No, they, they have to talk behind bars. Yeah. It, it doesn't make sense. I don't think that's how that works. I feel like there would be like... I mean, okay, it's a small town. I feel but like if Clifford Blossom got to go in the interview room, like... I feel like... Well, my big thing is I feel like at least Jerry... That or that really young cop we see later. Oh yeah, would um would be there. Would be there. No one's there. They don't show us anyone there. So um, there's some high drama. FP has a very important line where he says, "I did what I had to do." Yep. And and then he's like, "Get out of here! And never come back." And that's when Jughead goes, "Ting," <laughs> but we don't hear about the result of the ting until another episode. <laughs> another scene. Another scene. God, it's not another another episode. <laughs> no, it would be better if it was another episode. I guess. Why is this episode the finale? Not the finale. Okay. okay. So yeah, they they have they have a nice father son talk. So um, something that we found out during the previous scene with Molly Ringwald Andrews is that FP's 
single phone call was to Joaquin. So then Kevin and Archie and Veronica interrogate Joaquin in, in Archie's uh, garage. In Archie's garage. You know, where Jughead's sleeping. So <laughs> Kevin asks Joaquin a question and goes, I'm not asking you as your boyfriend. I'm asking you as the sheriff's son. Oh, yeah. no, which Ke- is not an official designation. Oh, yeah, and also Ke- Kevin <laughs> Kevin try- Kevin hardballs the best he can. He tries really hard. <laughs> I like it being like sheriff's son, like like that. <laughs> Great. Like, cool. So you're still a civilian then. Still <laughs> just a person. Awesome. You no know, legal power. So what we hear from Joaquin is that he did, in fact, help FP dispose of the body. Yes. Uh, but, of course, since Veronica's there and she cares about her story. She's like, but my father, hear him lodge. Yeah, there's a scene between her, at least early in this, where her and um, Archie are talking on a couch. Mm. And Archie's like, I'm just about Jughead. And she's like, yeah. Because if FP was hired by my father, and I can almost see in Archie's head being like, yeah, I know, I know. I know, you Veronica. have a father, he's he's a criminal. I know you I know you have your own storyline, Veronica, but they're kind of connecting now. we got to give each other a moment. But all Veronica's <laughs> like, but my storyline. My father had hired FP before. Yes. Did he hire FP this time? And Joaquin's like, no, I heard him talking about talking with, uh, I heard, uh, I... Joaquin is like, man, you talk, right? <laughs> Joaquin's like, I no, but I heard FP talking with a man called Mustang. About Re- a rich guy. Remember him? He's the extra who pushed you. Well, he wasn't yeah. an extra, actually. He was that guy that you got in a fight with in the White Worm. You know, like four episodes ago. And then there's a flashback in case we forgot. Well, because why would we remember yeah, that? Yeah, no, she's like... Oh, that yeah. did happen. Thank you for the flashback, Joaquin. <laughs> I didn't give you a fla- flashback. <laughs> All right, I flashback in my... I did a recall. <laughs> it's fine. I do that sometimes. And they're like, Joaquin, you have to take us there. And he's like, I don't think so. And then Kevin's like, take us there. And I'm like, don't threaten your boyfriend. <laughs> What's wrong to, with I mean, you? Fair, there's not much fallout from it. There's <laughs> no fallout at <laughs> like, all. Like, their relationship is pretty solid, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So, Can I just say one thing that's, like, kind of... <laughs> so all Veronica cares about is figuring out if um, her it, father hired FP. Yes. It should be made very clear, that won't absolve FP's name. She does not care about clearing FP's name. At all. Everybody else does. Yeah. Everybody else wants to clear FP's name. She, she would actually rather FP be guilty. Also, FP already made his confession. He did not mention Daddy Lodge. He has, like, it was all him. It was all his plot. Yeah. So why is she worried about this? She... Well, no, keep in mind. She wants... He, she's she's against... Oh, yeah. She's against Hiram. Yeah, it's, she wants him to be found. Yeah, it's Hermione that wants Hiram to be, like, yeah. innocent. As, like, as we'll see later, because what does this lead into? I mean, first of all, Jughead being like, Oh, my, something wrong with my dad. I know something's actually going on. But then... Then they all go to a motel. Because that's where people live on TV. Yes. Well, yeah. yeah. That's where criminals live on TV. And conveniently, Mustang is dead by an overdose in a bathtub. And it's definitely a real overdose. Not at all convenient. And as we should all suspect, Robo Archie is not concerned by death. Nope. (laughs) He's like, oh. He must be sleeping. I will wake him up. Smack. He's not waking up. He is not awakened. Perhaps he is in a sleep, a deep hibernation. So they call the police, cause you gotta. Yeah, they made they made the right call. And the police discover a bag. And Veronica on it is HL, and they're like Hermione Lodge. And then Veronica immediately throws her father under the bus. As she should. Yeah, good choice. <laughs> Hermione is not super happy about it. But Veronica's like, no, it's Hiram Lodge, my father. And the thing is... Like, I mean, it's true. It's it is true, true. It's true. And the thing is, they both know this money has nothing to do with the murder. Yeah. So I feel like there's a version of the story that you could tell that would not implicate them. That's like, no, no, we hired the serpents to do some work for us. Yeah, because they've done it before. Yeah, it's fine. Hermione has no problem with lying. She's like, with they, some sort of lie. And that's what this money's from. This money's from them paying off the serpents for 
running the uh, drive into the ground. Yeah. So just just say we hired the serpents to do from work, some work for us. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. You can ask my husband if you want more details because he's the one who would know. Exactly. Problem solved. Hiram's Hiram Hiram. Yeah. Hiram's already in trouble. Yeah. Well, for doing home. that. Remember, he's coming home. But he already got in trouble for doing exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. So it's fine. It's it's become more and more abundantly clear that the Lodges really only care about themselves. And the Lodges are very, very bad at intrigue. Yeah, well, it's because all they want, all they, 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 they just want themselves to be safe. Yeah. Like, it's it's unfortunate that Hermione's hair character has changed so much over the season and not in a great way. I still like her. I feel like she's someone who is in a bad situation yeah. because of her husband's actions. Yeah. And is trying really, really hard yeah. to make it okay. And everything she does to try to make it okay yeah. falls the thing, apart. The thing I like, I like in the earlier seasons, I felt like her way of making it okay was distancing herself from, from mm-hmm. it. And then now it's like her way of making it okay is trying her best to ignore it. Well, because I think distancing herself didn't work. <laughs> because she's rebuffed. Rebuffed? He, she was rebuffed by, by Luke, Luke Perry Andrews. Andrews. And she was like, all right, time to come up with plan B. If only they had more sweet makeout sessions, he could have saved her. One more makeout session. He could have saved her with his good and kind spirit. <laughs> so he and Archie, speaking of Luke Perry Andrews, they have like a very serious conversation in the truck where yeah. he's like, you are a child. My job is to keep you safe. <laughs> If you keep going to see criminals, you will be killed. You are 15th year old. Stop investigating murders. And then Archie doesn't say much. He's just really flushed and really upset. And then he cries. All I can think of, like, this is the talk that, like, a good Alice Cooper should be having with Betty. Be like, Betty, I like that you're writing a paper. Don't investigate murders. Instead, Alice Cooper's like, yes. Keep investigating. Investigate murders. I'm a part of this now. I work for the school newspaper. (laughs) I am a journalist. (laughs) And I work for the school newspaper. And, like, you can just tell that Luke Perry Andrews is just so frustrated. All he wants is for his child to be safe. And his child keeps doing things to make him unsafe. Yeah. He's like, I know you're 15. I know you're a robot. But you need to make better choices. And I still love you. But oh my god. Well, uh, we have Joaquin needs to leave town. Joaquin needs to leave town. And Kevin and him leave pretty admirably. Like, Like, they're sad. Um, They're going to miss each other. But, I mean, I guess, thank God Kevin gave him that kiss because it reminded Joaquin that he had one more piece of evidence to give at the most dramatic moment. That he didn't want to give in front of Kevin's friends, despite the fact that he... was immediately going to tell them. And he knows that. (laughs) Whatever. Not my problem anymore. I'm out. We don't hear what it is at this moment. We'll hear about it soon. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a treasure map. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is a treasure map. Yeah. It's just a bad treasure. Yeah. Oh, so then, then we, we have... have some intercut crazy scenes where the teen detectives are eliminating people off their board. There's includes for mining lodges on the board, apparently. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, But then there's Which, this... Wait, they just took her off of it. Yeah, I would have taken her off like three episodes ago. She's yeah. clearly doing nothing. Then we also have this... I'm going to curse as well. We have this bat scene... <laughs> At the Blossoms, can where... We, can you... Aaron, I want you to tell me how this scene begins. Because the Blossom scenes begin in the weirdest... They're, these are... Ever, like, I know, yes, we talk about them vampires, but these cannot be human beings. No. Because so, what is Miss Blossom doing? Sitting on the couch and staring. Into fire! Yeah. She's just like, does fire kill me? I can't even remember my own mythos. I don't even remember her name. She's been alive for so long, she doesn't have a name. Yeah, so I'm just going to sit here and stare into fire. So then Cheryl walks in behind her, and then they have a large part of the scene with Cheryl standing behind her and talking to her. It's very dramatic. Being like, Mommy, what did Jason and Dad fight about? Like, I don't know what... I guess because Holly was taken away, and they're like, maybe incest is weird. So she's staring into fire, trying to figure out... What's right and what's what's wrong. What's right and what's wrong. And so, finally, 
she comes around the couch and she sits on the floor and she's like, I need to know what they thought about it. If it wasn't about Polly, it wasn't about the business. I don't know what else it could be. Because he didn't be. have the stomach for Because he didn't it. have the stomach. Dad told me that. Yeah. And then Mama Blossom grabs her hands <laughs> and virtually breaks <laughs> she them. Says, yeah, she says, what were you fighting about? Was it the business? Was it Dad? Was it you? And she goes, ah! I'm like, oh, it was her. <laughs> and then she drags drag Cheryl outside to the to the barn to the barn and I thought she was gonna lock her into the barn well she, well because she's like you want to know what they're fighting about this she throws it open and Cheryl walks in like we don't see the inside Cheryl walks in with her mouth agape and I'm like body farm body farm vampire body farm vampire body farm no well, it's casks casks of maple syrup and says, this is our sticky syrupy secret and I'm like what is going on it's too much. What are you doing? It's Why? too much. This is how you want to reveal things, which this episode keeps doing, is revealing things in the dumbest ways. Everyone's too dramatic. Ugh. So then Alice Cooper acts as the wizened police chief in any good detective TV show, and she's like, I don't know. FP told that story. Seems too convenient. Everything's tight. And then we found this bag of money that points directly to the lodges. I don't know. Everything seems tied up with a neat little bow. And I'm like, okay, Mrs. Inconsistent. Do you remember 40 minutes ago when when you were like, I checked my watch for a physical gag. No one can see it. Um, remember 40 minutes ago when you were like, well, clearly he killed him. Like, like the gun was planted there means he killed him. Like, could they not have given this line to someone else, or could the teens have not been yeah. like, "This is too convenient. Let's go somewhere else." <laughs> Mister Weatherby should have done it. That would have <laughs> been amazing. Mister Weatherby just, just walked in and was like, "Well, see, you're still investigating. It doesn't it seem all done? All of this is very convenient." And they'd be like, "You're right, Mister Weatherby." Like, of course I'm right. And then let's go. <laughs> And then he walks out. So then Kevin rushes. Mm, Did Kevin rush in? No, they're just standing. They're just, they walk up and they find. The jacket. The jacket. Like Kevin leads him to, I mean, here's the weird thing. I thought there were other stuff in that bag, but they only care about the jacket. So he says to them that Joaquin didn't tell, Joaquin didn't tell them earlier because he didn't know if it would help FP or not. But I guess FP told him not to go through with the plan. When he called him, he says, don't worry about the backup plan. Yeah. So they go and find the jacket. Yeah. And they're like, it's a jacket. And then Betty has this brilliant idea that Archie needs to put the jacket on. And then she starts touching him. Because <laughs> she couldn't do that while the jacket wasn't on. No. And th- th- her reasoning for this is that she thinks there's a hole in one of the pockets. Well, there is. She feels that. Yeah. But, uh, like, she suspects there's a hole. Yeah. And so then she finds something that fell through the hole. Into the lining. And it's a USB. It's a really, yeah, it's a really weird looking USB. Yeah, I couldn't tell that it was a USB for a long time. I was like, is it a cigarette? <laughs> what? No, it's a USB. And then they watch something. That they all react to a lot, because, except for Archie. Because this scene is just them watching and tears start rolling down their faces and... I'm like, I guess it's something big, but they're all react like, like I have no idea what they're reacting and to. And like Veronica reacted really, really big. Yeah, and so did Betty. So I sort of thought that it was that or it was a the Cooper? lodges were involved somehow. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Once again, Archie. Uh. Well, we should, well, let's just move on because this this continues on because they they watch it. Betty immediately gets up and calls someone and says, "You need to get out of the house." And we're like, "Oh, more missing." No, it's Cheryl. It's Cheryl. They show us right away. Yeah, and Cheryl's like. Of course. I understand. And then she looks directly into the camera and a single tear runs down her cheek. And then she walks down the stairs. And, cha- and oh my, oh, Cheryl <laughs> has chaotic neutral so much. Mm-hmm. So much in this series. So we think she's going to leave. No, she takes no. a hard left. She goes into the epic dining room where her parents are. Because <laughs> they sit on the other opposite sides of the table. And she stands next to her mom. <laughs> and then she says, Daddy, you did a bad thing. And now everyone knows. Which, she doesn't know that. No, <laughs> she knows that her. Betty knows. <laughs> and Betty will tell everyone. They do an actual, very logical thing. They give the USB to a grown-up. Yep. And then they cut back to the kids' reaction, which and is... it's not the same. No, they're not reacting in the same way. Except for Robo Archie, who's still like, yes, because what they see <laughs> mm-hmm. is Jason. So Jason is tied up. 
we see Mustang harassing him. Poking him in the chest Poking really hard. Chest, really angry. Yeah. And then Clifford Blossom comes in. Yes. And he reaches into Jason's pocket. And he grabs the, the ring. ring. Yes. And Jason's face is beat up and he still and looks Jason like a vampire. Jason does not look great alive. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. I, maybe it's because we've seen him dead so many times. That we just think like, he's dead. Dead boy. And then Clifford Blossom steps back and he shoots his only son. And everybody goes, <gasps> except for Archie who's like, yes, that is death. Like, that is what death is. I knew this would occur. Ah, uh, that must be what Mustang was. Mustang had died. <laughs> I understand now about more things. <laughs> so, so it's revealed. It's revealed. Clifford is the one who killed Jason. Jughead does some voiceover to wrap things up. We're we're explaining the reason that FP um. Lied. Oh, the reason FP lied is because Clifford threatened uh, to kill Jughead. To kill Jughead. Which means Clifford talked to... <laughs> Clifford was allowed to talk to FP. Alone. Alone. Before the interrogation took place. Yeah, before he w- Oh my god, Keller is the worst police Keller officer ever. The- Clifford, Clifford came in as soon as, like, because... Well, I mean, Clifford knew he was arrested because he clearly planted the gun... Yeah. Um. So he got there like as soon as it, like like he was probably standing there probably as saw, they arrived. It was like, yeah. "Hey, Keller, could I talk to that man there? You <laughs> owe it to me. You didn't find my son's killer for months. I'm a grieving father. <laughs> and now you did find him, and I wish to talk to him alone without and anyone. Don't worry about it. Turn off those cameras. No one behind the the two way glass. As you know, I am the richest and most important man in town. So you have yep. you have to do this. And Keller's like, okay. That seems like how the law works. Look, I'm really tired. It's been, it's been a long time. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. So, uh, so he threatens to kill Jughead. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so that's kind of wrapped up. And then hear him. Then we hear from Hermione. That's like she, Hermione's like, uh, turns out everything's fine for us. By the way, Hiram's coming home. And Veronica's like, but that's bad news. <laughs> and, and Hermione's like, I don't know anymore. I don't know. And then we see Sheriff Keller yelling at Jughead and being like, your father's still covered up evidence. He's not getting out of jail anytime soon. And you're like, Keller, you fraudulently arrested someone and compromised an investigation. Yeah, you're the worst police officer ever. You need to let that innocent man go. (laughs) Because Molly Ringwald Andrews is going to sue you. Yeah. Oh, wow. You will be run out of town. (laughs) Then you can stay there and become a private detective like Keith Mars, but... (laughs) But he'd be a bad one. I know. Well, no, maybe he does really good when he's not constrained by rules. (laughs) Maybe. The rules are his problem. Like, like any lawyer gets their hand on that entire situation, they are going to tear Keller apart. Yeah, that city is going to be paying FP money for... Because they essentially allowed Clifford to threaten him... Into a false confession. Because yeah. you know what? I'm will, I, I originally thought it was different. I'm willing to believe you that, that, yeah, Mustang was the one who... I think so. Who did the entire thing. Because I, I think, think... Clifford hired him. I think we would have seen FP in that video. Yeah. If he was... In, and we would have seen him, like... Like, maybe even running in to try to stop Clifford or yeah. something. I think we would have seen that if he was there. So I think Mustang was the... The one all along. Okay. He's dead, so. He's, he's dead because of, presu- of just a, a drug overdose. Clearly a drug, a drug overdose. Not at all Nothing fake. to do with anyone. But then Keller has to go and get Clifford. Yes, but talks- first we have like oh, a not at all climactic scene where Archie decides that his friends need him so he can't go to Chicago. <laughs> oh yeah, very big things are happening. Meanwhile, Archie. <laughs> like, Mom, I love you, but I can't go to Chicago. And, and she's, she's like, like, okay. Okay, do you want to visit me this summer? And he's like, yes, I do. <laughs> And then they all shake hands with each other. And you're like, all right. <laughs> so then, guys, I GD called it. Because Sergeant Keller drives, no, Sheriff Keller drives up to the house. Mr. Keller. Mr. Keller. <laughs> yeah, he does not deserve. He does deserve the sheriff name. Mr. Keller. Drives up to the house. And, and Cheryl and Miss Blossom, Blossom are standing outside. at the barn. And point the barn. And me and Aaron are like, ah, Clifford's dead. He hung himself. He hung himself. Guess what, guys? He hung, he hung himself. himself. He hung himself. And the barrels were full of syrupy drugs? Syrupy drugs! We think cocaine? Yeah, wrapped Maybe in... Maybe heroin? Syrupy brown paper bags. They're wrapped up like cocaine, but we don't see the telltale, like, cocaine-ness around them. Yeah, but... So, they're... So the Blossoms are running cocaine? Maybe that's the secret to their inter- eternal youth. So they're cocaine vampires. Cocaine makes vampires. 
So, Guys, don't do cocaine. It makes you into a vampire. So the Blossom... That's the only reason to not do it. Um, so the Blossoms, were they working with the serpents or someone else? Or, like, they were running cocaine, but they... Well, like, Jughead tells us the next episode... Well, no, he says there was only one question remaining, which I assume they'll answer next episode. Which is how, but the only one who knew it was Clifford, which means, oh my, you were right. Yeah, I was right. I made that big goof. I was like, oh, it'll be like American Horror Story where the plot will wrap up in episode 12 and there will be another episode. Yeah, can I? That's what happened. I, if I was writing this this series, yeah. what I would have done is I would have, this would have been the series finale. Yeah. Season finale. And then next season was with with Clifford dead, why? Why? Because we can't ask him, so we have to put together the pieces. What is the deal with the drugs? And, and then they keep, then they start unraveling this even bigger and bigger thing behind it. Exactly. Other than, but no, it's just going to be one episode. <laughs> I can only assume, no, I have no faith in this show. I was like, maybe they'll just be planting seeds for next season, but no, no they're, they're going to try to wrap it up you next do an episode. Hour of that, and you know yeah. what, Miss Grundy hasn't. Maybe Miss Grundy will come back. Maybe Miss Grundy maybe is she'll be a find, drug runner. Maybe she'll be found dead. I don't know. Who else do I think was going to be dead? Oh, I think FP is going to die. We thought FP was going to die. I mean, he still like. I still think he's going to die. I think that's how. I the think Lodge is going. Maybe Lodge is going to kill him. Maybe we we know that Hiram's coming back next season. Yep. Coming. Yeah, he's coming around next season. Yep, he's been cast. Yeah. Reggie oh. has been recast. Maybe he'll be in next season. Yeah. This yeah, this was a rough, rough episodes of this rough thing. And it didn't feel climatic. No. And I, I think it's because they crammed so much right here at the end. It didn't feel like we earned anything that happened. Yeah, I wasn't on the edge of my seat. And I'm a little disappointed that it was Clifford Blossom. Yeah, well, I mean... And like, oh, and they run drugs. I'm like, they didn't have to. So, so Jason did not have the stomach to do their drug running operation. So he's going to run away by running drugs. Apparently. And they think that Cheryl would be good at, at running, running drugs. drugs. No, she's chaotic. Yeah, <laughs> she's, like... she will like, one episode she'll do the drugs. The next episode she'll like head up an anti-drug Teens Against Drugs League and, like, protest her own company. So Cheryl was sitting in her room, just mm-hmm. staring off in the di- in the middle distance, as yep. she does. It's a call from Betty. Yep. Betty says something that convinces her. I guess, yeah, I guess Betty had to say more than just, you have to get out of the house. Because Cheryl immediately's like, ah, my father killed him. I mean, but because it wasn't because she saw the syrup. Like, before we realized it was drugs, I'm like... Why did she get so freaked out by seeing syrup? My family's a syrup family. I never realized. Did you see the drugs? But they were all, like, they were, it, the casks were broken open when Clifford hung him. I don't know. Maybe she broke one of the casks open. Like, maybe it was like that <laughs> when he went in there to hang himself. Miss <laughs> Blossom let her do that before they had their dinner. I don't know. I, there's, it was not well executed. It had, it had big ideals. My thing that I think of is, like, okay, so FP had to have known the drive was in the jacket. Yeah. Because why else would he call it Plan B? Well, he had the drive. He made the drive. Oh, no, he made the drive. He put it in Jason's jacket after they – he hid it in Jason's jacket. Yeah. Sure, why not? Um, So he had evidence that Clifford killed Jason. But he didn't want to get himself involved in it. Until he had to. Well, because he, he was... He didn't want it to be traced back to the serpents. Well, but but after, like, Mustang is dead and Clifford, um, like, threatened his son, he could just bring up the evidence. You know, you know what? No. He knows that Keller's a terrible police officer. Yeah. He'd be like, no, you know, I have evidence that Clifford Blossom, like, I have concrete, I have video proof of Clifford Blossom shooting Jason. And he'd be like, you know what? Let's bring Clifford Blossom in here. That's I'll let thing. you two talk it out. I think he didn't trust Keller to not tell Clifford Blossom. <laughs> I'll just put a gun in the room the somewhere just for fun. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Like, how is how is Keller not corrupt? He's just... He's not corrupt. He's just dumb. <laughs> no, no. He's just... Boy, who is that guy from uh, that old show that, like, the, the theme was, like, whistling? He was a police... He was a deputy as well. Guys, you can't see me. I'm just like slowly narrowing. Come on, it was like a black and white show. He he would always go fit. Andy Griffith. Sure, he was a cop. 
What? Yeah, he was. I know. But he and he was. And I don't know. If, I've never seen it. I don't know what you're talking. I mean, I know what you're talking about. I have. I can put context clues yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if he's who you're referring Great. to. Great. All right. For everyone else out there, Barney Fife. Is that the Andy Griffith show, or is that Mayberry? I don't know, guys. He's an he's an incompetent small town cop. Most small town cops in TV incompetent. <laughs> Most small town cops in real life probably pretty good at their jobs. Yeah, it's an it's an unfortunate like stereotype because I feel like if you're a small town cop, you probably have to work like extra hard so because there's less because there's less of you. Yeah. 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 Aaron. Yeah. Did you find yourself a CW moment? The entire episode. I mean, the entire. I mean, we could say the entire episode, <laughs> but I think you can focus it down to a moment. Um, yeah, a moment when Cheryl freaks out at the school. Um, I know she's chaotic neutral, but her freak out, and then for the rest of the episode, Jughead has like a bloody lip. <laughs> yeah, she got which, him hard. Yeah, but she she slapped him and did the the chest punch. Yeah, so that's not like a logical repercussion for what happens. And then the fact that Jughead is the one who's pulled out of school, that's all CW manufactured drama. Yeah. Did not need to happen. I feel like the stakes in the episode would have been just as high without it. Yeah. But it was sure was dramatic. And it meant that Cheryl and Betty got to bond. Which is why Betty called her. Yep. What we did not explain, because I got distracted by this episode, is the CW moment is a moment where drama overrides logic. So, Kevin, did you find yourself a CW moment? Yeah. My CW moment is the, the final talk between Miss Blossom and Cheryl, mm-hmm. uh, where they have that weird talk where Miss Blossom's looking into the fire and Cheryl's on the back of her head. Because, like, thinking around would let up to it. All right, so Polly was taken back by her family, and wow. they are broken up about it. Uh, I guess they knew that they were related because because that's... Because Clifford a, knew and didn't care. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, and then so she goes and goes and sits into the fire. And then Cheryl says something to her that has actually, they've had this talk a few times. Cheryl has actually accused her parents of killing her brother. More than once. More than once. But, but this, this time. this is the time where she does this insane thing where she like tr- like tries to break her wrists and drags her to the barn and just points at casks of syrup. But Cheryl treats it like a, a reveal. Because when she walks in that room, there's a golden light on her. And she's like, what is this? And is there like, something that we missed? Like, do we need to watch that scene again and maybe you see? I don't know. No, it's just, it's just a room full of casks. And then then Miss Blossom comes in and makes some syrup puns. <laughs> the syrup puns are horrifying. I had forgotten about them yeah and i wish i could still yeah so it's um i would say that that was that happened at that moment because it was dramatically appropriate yeah oh man oh man we got one more episode and we literally have no idea what's gonna happen in it because a lot of the plot lines were just wrapped up i don't even know what wrap-up questions to ask this time kevin I don't know. We're don't like, worry, guys. We'll find some. Because that's what we're paid to do. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're paid to do all, with all the money we're making. All our free money. All Wait, that, all zero those, money. All those Riverdale kickbacks. But, like, I just... I just... Like, the, the, the things like like the actual central mystery, they did, a, they did a decent... When they actually dealt with it, they did a decent job of, like, bringing it along and having mm-hmm. secrets come out. But in the end, it was like, okay... So FP knew the whole time. He just yeah. decided not to Reveal say anything. anything because he didn't want it to come back on the serpents. But you know what? I... But like must like like so did he have something to do with it? Because like he could have just thrown Mustang under the bus, I guess. Yeah, I mean, when you're a criminal amongst criminals, I think you have a code that you don't turn on each other because if you do turn on each other, you'll all turn I, on each I just, other. I just I think there was a point there where. Like there's a point in this series where I, where I think he should have already hit his his point. Okay, so you know what Riverdale actually maybe did do its job because now I want to go back and rewatch since FP's introduction because you know there is the moment where he calls Joaquin and he's like we gotta hide the jacket. Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean that's literally just him being like, hey, we gotta hide this jacket, and hey, you keep spying on Keller. Yeah, but like. 
now that we know what he knows when he says he wants to hide the jacket, I want to go back and look at it and be like, hmm, now that I know that motivation, how does the scene read differently? Yeah. Um, because I assume Skeet Ulrich has known all along. Yeah, I I don't know. I just, I, I actually, now that we're having this conversation, feel like if they couldn't do a great episode, which they didn't do, so maybe they couldn't, maybe they did their job because they're making me want to go back and rewatch. And since it is the instant streaming uh, thing, yeah. like, Not maybe... Real- Maybe that's the world now where they make people want to go back and... It's not, but I mean, it, it is on Netflix, but it, it also goes on TV. I don't know. I, I'm, my, my opinion, I don't want to go back. I don't care. Well, I no, because now I, I want it to be good. Yeah. So I want to go back and see what happened to see if I can make it be good. All right. <laughs> and I just, I'm like, oh, hey, look, look, apparently you can switch character types in the middle of a show. Yeah. So yeah. you should uh, check us out on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Is that Podcast MOA, both of them. M- Podcast MOA. You can also email us. We love emails. When we get emails, we talk about them. We do, yeah. And that's pretty easy, too, because it's also podcastmoa at gmail.com. Podcast MOA. Uh, you should uh, check out, me and Aaron have other projects going on. We're working with uh, Downtime Productions. You can find that. On YouTube, uh, we're in a web series mm-hmm. called The Ghostening. If you've ever wanted to know what we look like in real life, come and see us play a psychic and a ghost hunter in a world where ghosts are real. And I mean, that's basically who we are. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's The Office meets Ghost Hunters. That's The Ghostening. Check it on YouTube. Uh, you can also check out Downtime Productions, also on YouTube. We're hilarious. <laughs> What is the next episode about? What's going to happen in the next episode? What is the next episode about? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>